Welcome to Cooper Life Podcast number two. I'm here with Sydney Wilt, who is a, a yoga expert, a fitness expert, and she um, essentially runs the day-to-day, the operations for Cooper Life. Um, so let's just, a couple questions. Where are you from? How'd you, get, how'd you start with yoga? How'd you get involved with yoga? So I'm from North Louisiana, very small town, Bible Belt, Ruston, and that's where I began my yoga journey in 2013. Okay. And uh, before that, I was a gymnast and a cheerleader for my whole life, and um, at some point wound up coaching them as well. So when I began with yoga in 2013, I pretty much knew right away that I would one day teach it. It just felt like what came next in my path of movement and teaching movement. And so before I was even certified, really, um, I was teaching to the entire Greek life of my college campus. I was teaching to my entire sorority, to people, friends and family. I was. Awesome. I know it's a it's perceived a lot differently on this side of the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, it definitely they gave me the opportunity to teach when nobody else would to yeah. a group of like a hundred people. Yeah. You know, so that was a cool opportunity to have when well, it wasn't necessarily certified to do so just yet, but yeah. I was ready. Yeah. And um, so I got certified in 2014 is when I began the training. So and s- almost six years. Yeah, almost six years now. That's Which, all? It went by really fast. <laughs> it, yeah. she, she, she teaches like she's been teaching <laughs> for 25 years. Well, have, have you been practicing longer than six years? I, I started practicing in 2014. Okay. Um, but the movement to me came very naturally because of my prior experience. Mindful movement has been part of my life forever. Yeah. And teaching has as well. I always taught everything I ever did. And I went to school for teaching. I yeah. have a degree in education. Okay. elementary and I haven't used it so to speak but I have I feel like I gained a lot from the teaching certification you know I am teaching just not kids in school wow um so and I have used the degree in indirect ways like getting jobs that require a degree but you know yeah. I think the teaching bone had just fell naturally yeah. in my body from a young age yeah. so it came very naturally for me I didn't really struggle with getting across words when guiding movements because yep. it's something I've been doing for so long. Gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. So I began, I've been upside down walking on my hands since I can never remember. Really? Um, I was a gymnast starting training, starting probably seven. Um, and right away, again, it was something that came very naturally. My family is very flexible and limber and kind of agile and so it was something that I loved. I loved doing and it was a very competitive nature right away. I was in competitive gymnastics surrounded by a team of girls who were all really good. It's a super competitive culture. It's very competitive and I didn't realize I was so young and I didn't quite realize what was going on at the moment and then Bella Caroli who was the U.S. gymnastics coach invited me to this camp in 2000. Did you go? Y2K and I went and it was like the first time I ever stayed away from home for like an extended period of time. Why don't I know this? This is so cool. <laughs> I know. It's, it feels like another lifetime. And he's since been me too So it's like kind yeah. of crazy to have been a part of it during that time when all that was like going down. But yeah. I went to his camp. I made extreme leaps in like my own personal success in How gymnastics. How many people would go to the camp? There was hundreds of people there from Each all camp. over the world all over the world and they reached out to my gym and said i want these two or these three and wow. it was at a farm there was animals we had like dance parties and they had like world-class coaches there who were teaching yep. us everything yep. and i learned like i remember specifically learning how to cast up to a handstand on bars there in yep. like one day and yep. i've been trying to do that for years wow. but it just cultivated such wow inspiration and success being there um but yeah that's where i kind of started movement and then eventually i got into really bum knee situation had multiple surgeries and that's how i found yoga essentially wow um not being able to do high impact stuff so much anymore uh needing mindful movement so you suffered from injuries like many most most gymnasts do yeah Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the, the like, knee came after gymnastics. I broke ribs, I broke toes, fingers, ankles during gymnastics. I was so young, I just came right back and 
the new thing actually happened in high school yeah. in track originally. And um, it just kept happening. I ended up having four surgeries. And then I could no longer like do the things I was used to doing at that time. Yeah. So that's kind of how I found yoga. It was a safe, mindful way to move with confidence and knowing yeah. that I wasn't going to hurt myself, you know. Man, the, the whole, like, this idea of Olympian, Olympian or professional athlete is, it's, you're, like, yes, you have to be naturally gifted, mm-hmm. and um, you have to have this, like, internal um, intuition and gift, but the body, like, needs to recover mm-hmm. faster than anybody else. Yeah. Right? Like. That's the final. Like, the, the Olympic or professional athlete or like the triangle, right? Like the pros are this this top mm-hmm. tier and their bodies can just recover and recover and recover faster mm-hmm. than than most people. Like Mike, Michael Phelps, right. when he was, when he swims, when he's just training, like a normal training day, he's actually recovering. Right. When, when like, if I were swimming the type of yardage and intensity he swims on a normal training day, I'd be breaking down my muscle. Right. Right? So, like, he's conditioned to that point. Right. But not only that, like, he's he he's conditioned to that point, but his body can is just, it's like phenom. Mm-hmm. Recovers in, in situations where other people's bodies can't recover. Mm-hmm. Where you actually need to be resting, he can be training. Mm-hmm. There's definitely something to say about the yeah. age, too. Like, as you get older, it's yeah. a lot harder to just bounce back. You know, I think if I... I don't think I could do anything that I used to do. Did you want to go to the Olympics or anything? Oh yeah, I definitely did at some point. I want to go to the circus. I want. I kind of still want to go to the circus. (laughs) I know people that are in circus school and they're just like insane people. I don't think I could actually do that, but it was a dream at some point that I kind of like love. So it's out of my grip at this point. The circus. The circus. So like, what would you have done? Would you have done the trapeze? Maybe, you know, I mean, these days they have all kinds of different people in the circus. Like, it doesn't have to be necessarily the contortionist. It's just, like, this girl who does crazy stuff. Or even acrobatic yoga these days. They're putting some of that in the circus, which is awesome. Acro yoga? Yeah. Cool. Okay, so let's talk about, like, like working for a Cooper Life CL mm-hmm. um, compared to a, like a traditional yoga studio, mm-hmm. right? So how, how is it working for mm-hmm. Cooper Life, teaching yoga for us? How is it different mm-hmm. than a regular yoga studio? There's definitely a difference in the culture. You know, the first thing that I see there, which I do both, um, is that the population is different. You know, when you're teaching at an apartment, these people walk downstairs to a free class. And when you teach at a studio, these people are driving there, working something into their schedule, paying out of their pocket for something that they really believe in and that they're dedicated to. And so more times than not, in the apartment, you're getting people who are new to the practice, whether it's Mm -hmm. yoga or boot camp or Zoom or whatever. And so I have found that it is, um, I'm kind of responsible for delivering yoga in its purest form, you know, where that may seem like a lot of pressure, it's such a special thing to have to deliver to someone. Like, I'm solely responsible for showing them yoga, yeah. so I better do it justice, you know? Ah, that's good. And You're so, a good instructor. <laughs> it's really rewarding, and on the other hand, I love teaching really informed students as well. It's received in a different way because they have the capacity to maybe understand the philosophy of yoga. Something yeah. that's 2,000 years old versus just knowing the Western side, the yeah. flexible people in front of the magazine, which isn't the end goal. So I feel responsible for kind of conveying that message um, where I don't necessarily have that much pressure to do that at a studio because a lot of people know. Yeah. Um, and I do teach a level one at a studio, so it is similar in that way. Uh-huh. Um, but teaching the extremely informed and the extremely dedicated to the practice people versus yeah. teaching the people that are just kind of showing up, yeah. um, there's a lot of difference there, but they're both so rewarding. Yeah. And they they do something different for kind of propelling you as an instructor, too. No matter what format you're teaching, teaching beginners is much harder than teaching totally. someone who's been doing it. Do you find it has it been challenging um, working with um, a group of students that just kind of walk down 
to take a free class. Like they're yeah. kind of nonchalant, you know, mm -hmm. about it. They're they just know it's a free class. They just want to check it out. Mm -hmm. um, compared to people that are like you said, mm -hmm. they're driving there, they're paying, they're scheduling it. Mm -hmm. There's definitely a huge difference um, in the way that the class is received and in the way that they show up. And being in an apartment, I kind of take it like a challenge. Like, oh, yeah. let me sneak a little bit of spirituality into what you thought you were showing up to, like, work your shoulders and your core. Yeah. You know? And so I do feel like I'm responsible for sharing something that they didn't necessarily think they were signing up for. Yeah. Whereas if you go to a yoga studio, they probably assume that they're going to maybe do an ohm or say namaste or like right. something that they're open already to experiencing, whereas in an apartment they may not be quite ready for that. Right. And it's important to kind of hold their hands along the way yeah. and to show them a little bit of this, like I'm a human, you know, I'm not this like perfect guru type person and I think when you show them your authentic side like I'm the human I'm just here to guide you in movement and hopefully you can take it off of your yoga mat at some point yeah. you know this can this philosophy can spill over into your life outside of movement outside of this mat yeah um you know is an important message to convey especially to these yeah. ones who are brand new I think that's an important message to convey like in all of life. Right? Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, As goes life. Like, just authenticity. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not perfect. Mm -hmm. I'm not a perfect CEO. Exactly. I'm not a perfect husband. I'm not a perfect father. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And you have to carry that role into yeah. being an instructor, being a CEO. Yeah. And then the transparency is uh, enlightening for whoever's on the receiving end. Totally. So, um, you've been with Cooper Life since really the inception. Um, and you, I think you're still teaching at properties that you were. Mm -hmm. So Cooper Life has kind of organically come out of Cooper Fitness, and we'll, we'll kind of talk about that in a second. Mm -hmm. But back when we were Cooper Fitness, mm -hmm. I mean, you were teaching at a Long Beach property. Yep, and I'm still there today. <laughs> yeah, like five years ago, yeah, six so years ago? It's been four, four years. years. Four? And um, that was my very first teaching gig in California. Yeah. I actually lied to my parents and told them I had this job being a yoga teacher. <laughs> Sorry, mom and dad, you know. This, that was your first yoga? That was yoga? the one in all of California, like right after or right before my move, I was getting the interview set up and I'm like, mom, dad, got the job. I'm out, I'm out of here, you know. And um, I've been there ever since. I've maybe missed three classes in four years. Yeah. And Are any of the same students still attending? No one for four years, but yeah. I have someone there who's been there for about three. Um, okay. I've seen a lot of leases start and end. Yeah. Um, some really special experiences with that. Um, yeah. No one for four years. It seems that the turnover of leases is pretty quick, you know? Yeah. And so I think that they're in and they're out, especially being in downtown Long Beach. Um, I think maybe people realize that there is a different area that maybe suits them better, that's a little more affordable too. Yeah. So that area specifically, I that's think really people are moving There's really not a lot yeah. of in industry there. There's, I mean, it's downtown Long Beach. It's right. kind of this, like no man's land between LA and Orange County. Yeah, exactly. Where, like, Orange County has all the, you know, all the tech, so many tech mm -hmm. jobs and en engineering companies mm -hmm. and LA is the same. Uh, yeah, Long Beach is like this like, little gym right in the middle. Yeah. And there's a lot of, there's a stark difference between like downtown Long Beach and kind of the Rose Park or Bluff area. Yeah. That's kind of where the hip and the new stuff is happening. And downtown uh, is just kind of like the outskirt where, uh, not like everyone who I know who's ever lived in downtown Long Beach is, they didn't realize what the area was before they moved there. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, okay, let me get out and go somewhere else. Yeah. But I mean, everything is moving in there now into downtown yeah um i mean there's all kinds of stuff popping up yeah. apartments and huge new library and yeah. so it's very interesting yeah. but lots of um lots of people living at sophie you yeah. know in downtown long beach yeah. and and now there's there's two people actually who've been there for about three years in yeah. class wow and um it's been so fun to watch them because i kind of think of them like my yoga children you know like faithful children yes like brand new they don't know what downward facing dog is and then fast forward they're like balancing on their hands or and they're knowing these poses and they're practicing it and bringing this conscious thinking That's outside awesome. of yoga you know That's awesome. so it's 
so wonderful and special to be a part of that journey for them. Yeah. How, how many property managers have gone through that um, revolving door over the last four years? At least four. More than? At least four. So more than four. Yeah, at least four. And you know, I sometimes feel like we as the instructors, and especially me being here for four years, yeah. are serving a, a bigger role sometimes in the community of the living space because I've been there through so many changes. Yeah. and. I remember what the gym looked like before it was redone, and yep. we remember what the downtown space was like before yep. it was all renovated. So I feel like we're even part of more more of the community and culture than some of our property managers. Yeah, at some of our properties, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kind of being in there, and I'm sharing this really vulnerable experience with these people. So yeah. I do have like a different relationship anyway. But having been there for so long and knowing that. They don't really talk to their property managers and mm -hmm. they have that revolving door. Like sometimes they don't even know who their property manager is at the time yeah. because they're in between or whatever. And yeah. so I think it definitely is an interesting place to be. And yes. I feel like very much a part of that community yeah. because I've been there for so long. Awesome. So um, Cooper Life, like I was saying, organically shifted out of Cooper Fitness. Um, we started this model about five years ago. And it was, it was just solely group fitness or what we call now social fitness classes that we bring to real estate communities. Since you know, we started that, we were servicing real estate communities all over Southern California for about three years. Um, typically, yeah, I think three years. So generally year four is when we, we realized that lifestyle is a huge piece. And property managers don't necessarily want to be throwing lifestyle experiences, events, touch point events, uh, lease up parties. So we decided to make the whole lifestyle piece one of our offerings, right? So we, we dropped fitness, now we're called Cooper Life and we handle the entire lifestyle um, kind of the services. So lifestyle experience events, obviously fitness, we do videography, we do photography, we do digital marketing campaigns, we do social media stuff. Um, we do consulting for the gym design and procurement of our, of our clients and et cetera, et cetera. So everything lifestyle. So since we made that shift, we have um, graduated Sydney into operations, right? Because we, we made that shift, we got more business, and we really needed someone to, to handle the operations. And um, uh, the book, Good to Great, I would recommend anybody reading it, um, author talks about um, get the right people on the bus first, and, and the, the share your vision and know where you're going, and then find their seat, right? And that was kind of my experience with Sydney. Um, she started she started teaching yoga for us and the way she conducted herself and the way we worked so well together um it was it was clear she knew where we were going it was clear that she needed to be on the bus so we just kind of found the right seat for her so she's now she's kind of heading our operations and she's obviously in love with yoga still doing yoga so that jump from solely just teaching yoga and a couple mm -hmm. properties to now like Ma like managing the whole thing, mm -hmm. running it, driving the bus. Yeah, <laughs> I like the how analogy. Is, how has that jump challenged you? In many ways. Yeah, yeah, a Tell lot me. of ways. Of course, and probably the first most obvious one is taking on roles that I had never experienced before. Um, if not within this exact position, no one would have ever given me the opportunity to like. Be a graphic designer, learn to be illustrator, yeah. to be an HR person, to manage a hundred instructors. Yeah. And while I had confidence that I could do all of that, it was a brand new experience. So there was a challenge, of course, in learning those things. Yeah. But I think in what I still am challenged by today, um, kind of the the more stark, heavy challenge that carries through day to day is learning how to sort out the roles, um, yes. trying to put my time uh, intelligently into this little thing and this little thing because I do wear so many hats that the challenge is learning how to deal with the stress of kind of an incomplete task yep. and um, knowing to put 
certain amount of work in something that isn't really foreseeable just yet. Yeah. Like, I'm very much a checklist person. Yes. I have this to do. I completed it. Check it off. Moving yeah. on. Yeah. And I can't be that way no. with this role whatsoever. No. No. And while, like, that's extremely comfortable and great for me, being in a position that doesn't allow for that checklist has challenged me so much. And it's made me grow professionally yeah. and personally a lot. Um, that's the biggest challenge is, um, learning how to deal with it. You know, I can do it. I know that I can do it and I do it right and successfully, but it's like how I go about doing it is the challenge day to day. Totally. It's, um, when I remember when you started managing everybody's schedules, right? So like you're running classes from northern california to texas mm -hmm. or la to texas right um and everything in between and and you've got 20 classes you need to fill mm -hmm. right um you know phones going off the hook like mm -hmm. you, you're you're stressed you know you're put, trying to put out these fires and mm -hmm. like uh, you know i'd have conversations with you at the beginning like this is this is our business mm -hmm. like we've got the the software Thankfully, the technology mm -hmm. to 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 use as a tool, but we need to get comfortable in this space. Mm -hmm. And you totally like your nail on it. Well, know. it took some adjusting, I yeah. think. And I think again, like the yeah. big adjustment was knowing, like surrendering the need to check it off. Yep. Yeah. As soon as it comes. And on. controlling it, like yeah. we control so much, mm -hmm. and we have our systems and processes in place that, um, like prevent 99.9% mm -hmm. of issues, but mm -hmm. when that like 0.1% of issues pop up, mm -hmm. that might happen, that 0.1 across 15 properties right. at once. Mm -hmm. Ironically, it seems like yeah. that's what happens. Yeah, it is. And then it's, you know, um, <laughs> 10 flat tires in one week, you know? Yeah. It's like, that's, that's yeah. the nature right there. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because some weeks, I'll wake up on Monday or say Sunday night, I'm like sorting out like, okay, I kind of do like a mental list every night. This is maybe crazy of me, but like mental every night. Okay, what am I worrying about right now? Yeah. And like, it kind of helps me to to realize that I don't really have that much to worry about. Totally. Um, when I'm like, okay, well, I'm really not worrying about that much because yeah. when I wake up tomorrow, all of the classes for the week are covered. Yeah. And then first thing Monday morning, yeah. like somebody has a family emergency, yeah. there's car issues, somebody quit, yeah. there's all kinds of stuff going on. Somebody showed up to class and they were having construction and yeah. there's always something. Like when I just think I can breathe, like I, I can't think that way no. because I swear it just comes up. Yeah. Like it's this like weird pull and push yeah. of the universe. It's like, don't even think that you yeah. can relax because yeah. joke's on you, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of taking it on a whim, like dealing yeah. with it day by day and sometimes seeing out to a week or two weeks or a month. Yeah. Uh, and learning the balance in between. What is the most important thing to you day by day in this new role as operations? Day to day, first thing when I wake up, if I'm stressed about covering the class, that's number one. Um, and of course I'll try to go days in advance, like making sure the classes are covered for the week or two weeks is about as far as I can go. Yeah. Um, once I am certain that there's an instructor in all of the classes we have for the day, um, the, the stress is, is off. Um, everything else is very pending. Um, so it's making sure that I'm putting a little bit of time into something that's a month away. Yeah. Um, knowing because really quickly that's going to come up and yeah. I'm going to have to deal with it on a short notice. Yeah. Um, putting feelers out there for new instructors because there's the possibility that someone that we have on board may not be available. Yeah. Um, so directing my time to a place where it's not, I'm not gonna make a lot of movement yeah. that day, say on task A, right. but it's going to come up a little bit later, yeah. and if I can put a couple minutes into it today, yeah. and tomorrow, and the next day, then it'll eventually fall into place. So kind of trusting the process of mm -hmm. making things work for the future, you know, all of those loose ends that need to be tied up, mm -hmm. it's important to see the little corners of it day to day, mm -hmm. you know, beyond getting the class yeah. covered, that's what falls behind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, miss miss classes. So that's like that's the worst thing that we can mm -hmm. we can have are, are missed classes. And it, how important is the hiring process 
extremely. Yeah, why? Yeah, well, you know, I think the hiring process goes hand in hand with the managing. Mm -hmm. I would hate for it to be separate. I think those two roles have to go together because it's like, I remember what they were like when they interviewed and I remember the conversation that we had. And maybe I don't remember specifically, but I know that's what I say to everyone. (laughs) There's too much going on for me to actually remember. But I know the conversation that I had. I know that I instilled the truths and the expectations. And so when fast forward a month later, I'm like, but wait, you know, I think it helps to um, not only instill like what we need, but it helps to create rapport. And I think that is really important because I'm, we're asking things of people sometimes, you know, we want them to be on our side. Like I want to help you out because you've done this for me and you've made it an enjoyable experience. So while it's like, we do have to stay within the role of being the boss or being a manager, it is important to kind of gray that line so that we can create a relationship. What do we do when we're so big to where Mm -hmm. there needs to be a separate hiring manager in operations? Well, you know, I think that maybe it should be regionally like maybe regionally that's a good idea um there's operations and hiring in this area and then there's operations and hiring in this area or these two people if they are separate roles work closely together like you know if it were me and someone else i'm doing operations she or he's doing hiring it's important that we communicate clearly with each other so that we're on the same page so when the phone call is passed on to me final installation we know that me and the other worker on the same page and i think you've done a good job over time of being like okay well this is a good process for now but let's figure out a way to make it clear so that we can keep it consistent for fast forward five years from now it still works on a bigger scale thanks that's yeah that's that's uh, the goal right yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's everybody that's our goal yeah um but without you and some other members of the team, like I'm a visionary and I can think down the road mm-hmm. and big picture birds eye view, but with, without like boots on the ground and like mm-hmm. looking at the weeds of things, um, we wouldn't be. We need we, all of it, I know. right? Yeah. 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 The visionary is, I mean, it feels like it has to come from you, right? Yeah. And so yeah. it's inspiring for everyone else though. Yeah. Everyone who sees the visionary and the dream and the action behind it. It's yeah. not like you're not putting the boots on the ground right. too. Right. To know that you have these dreams and then they're being put into action. And even for me, when I'm hiring people a lot of the times, I'll tell them my personal story of, I started with what was Cooper Fitness at the time, 2016. We all were meeting at Josh Cooper's house, having a team bonding. We could never do that now. And we've grown now in size by over 500%. That maybe has changed a little bit because I've been holding on to that number for almost a year. So even more than 500%, we've grown in size. And I was so excited to take on this role because I saw already what had happened in the three years that I had already been with Cooper Fitness to Cooper Life, the growth potential was so real because I'd already seen it happening. And then I started to meet with you a little more closely and to hear more of what was going on. And I was like, okay, this is amazing. He's got all these dreams and he's actually making them work. Uh, Thank you. And so it was like, let's do this. That's encouraging and inspiring to hear from you. Because I mean, so we've built it it's in place, the model's built, it's working. So now it's like sales. Mm-hmm. And yeah. as, as a head, like I'm just, I'm focused on sales now and like mm-hmm. obviously leading, but like it's it's high highs, low lows, and yeah. I've been in a valley. Like we've all been grinding and grinding and grinding mm-hmm. and trying to close more deals. And it's it's encouraging, you know, hearing, hearing, yeah, like this is 500%, mm-hmm. like, and then more over the last few years. That's like, crazy, is, right? Yeah, no, it's, that's, good for me to hear. The transformation is drastic. Totally. You know? Yeah. So if you could say one thing to, or a couple things to property managers, Mm. (laughs) what what would it be or what would they be? Well, never underestimate the value of what these services can hold to your residents. Um, in those waves of low attendance, when it's the holidays or it's the middle of the summer, those few people that are showing up, they hold so much value. They're making it to class when it is the hardest time to make it to class. 
it's the week before Christmas. It's the best day of the summer. Yeah. And they're making it to class. And even if during those low waves, there's only one, two, three people showing up sometimes, yeah. they value it so very much. Yeah. And I think of this conversation that I had with a manager, a property manager in Texas at one of the active adult communities. And she told me very frankly, these classes are the reason that some of these people are getting out of bed in the morning. Wow. And while millennials and younger communities may not um, be as liberated in sharing something like that, it's yeah. absolutely true. These classes are what's helping them to mentally yeah. decompress. That big exhale that they haven't had all week yeah. is in this class. Yeah. And while we aren't perfect as um, a team of instructors, yeah. uh, we can't always be fully transparent. There are life things that get in the way yeah. and in a very small percentage of time that we can't uphold our duty for that one time out of the year the, the couple months we always do everything we can to make up for it yeah. and having that transparency i think if we could really show that to managers mm -hmm. um i think that they could be a little more forgiving like oh yeah <laughs> by the way just yeah. to let you know we're human yeah. you know yeah. and i think if a lot of the times they do understand, yeah. um, but knowing that we are here to do whatever we can, to do what we said we would, yeah. to go above and beyond there, yeah. and then if life gets in the way, you know, we get in a wreck on the way to class, or God forbid it, an emergency happens, yeah. um, we're doing everything we can to make it up to them. Yeah. And as instructors, if we have developed this relationship with the students, they're going to be okay with it. Right. You know, like if I didn't show up to my class, I, would, I mean, of course I would call the manager and tell them what happened, yeah. but if for any reason I didn't, none of those people would be telling on me, like, <laughs> they would be, like, texting me, my yeah. personal number, hey, are you okay? Yeah. Like, creating the rapport you actually is, have an actual relationship. Right, and I think that that is so important for yeah. the whole foundation of the company. It's not you know? fitness on demand. Yes. On the wall. Exactly. It's not working. Human. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's and good. even like you saying having a relationship with the students, like I've even <laughs> at the class in downtown Long Beach, we've like gone to dinner, like walked to dinner together, seen the sunset, gone yeah. down to the pier, you know, like yeah. hey, like in a couple weeks we should all do something together and everyone's like so down for it. Yeah. And then you create this relationship that not only helps with them continuing to show up to class and yeah. seeing you as an authentic person, but it, it makes them want to stick around. That would be, I mean, I just, it's so, it would be so cool if we could get actual numbers and data, which, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, that's like next on the to-do list, mm -hmm. but you have, you have three or four residents that have been um, continuing to go to your yoga classes at that Long Beach property. I wonder if, well, I, I know that they're re-signing their lease because of the mm -hmm. relationship that you have with them and the yoga that is mm -hmm. that they get to participate on, on site, right? Mm -hmm. I just wonder what, what kind of percent... Um, What's keeping them there? Like, like, like how much of the class and you mm -hmm. is, is a reason for them to re-sign, yeah. right? Well, and, and that's like so... I mean... It's, it's hard. a hard... It's a hard thing to nail down, yeah. And I think you wanted to touch on like something special, maybe like some experience that I've had with um, being close to the yeah. residents or in the property, and I think it goes hand in hand with what you're saying. Yeah. Um, one of my students at Long Beach was, she told me she was re-signing her lease because she didn't want to miss that yoga class. So that's exactly it. That's that, it. That happened. That happened. So, and so it's probably 3000 a month. Mm -hmm. Or two, I mean, twenty five hundred a month. Yeah. Easy For math. Say, yeah. Let's say it's two k a month. Yeah. That's twenty four thousand mm -hmm. dollars, right? Their ROI on that is fantastic. Yeah. On one person. One person. Yeah. Based on what they're paying our company, that's mm -hmm. one person. And you know something so important to consider in that is she was sometimes the only person showing up to class in those low waves of attendance, yeah. holidays, summer, whatever. She resigned. She maybe was she the told only me one. she resigned. She told me that. She told the whole class that. And then fast forward, I'm there at the end of that second year. Yeah. And she had to move. She was relocating for a job. Yeah. She brought me a bottle of wine. She wrote me a thank you note. She cried when she left. Wow. And like, I wanted to sneak her into the class yeah. continually because it was just so special. And I shared with them that, you know, 
as Cooper Life, we want to help create a tight-knit community through fitness because right. it is a vulnerable experience to share. Yeah. And so we're helping, we're trying to help create that so that people stick around. Right. But I feel that it works for me too. Yeah. I have created this relationship with yeah. him that I don't want to leave even, yeah. you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what do you love most about your job? Backing an industry that I support yeah. is invaluable. Yeah. You know, waking up and knowing that I'm not working for the man yeah. is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not helping somebody to buy their third boat. Right. You yeah. know, like, I'm helping a small family. Yeah. Um, within an industry that I'm passionate about, yeah. I believe in, and that I'm happy to support. Yeah. That is invaluable. That's right. Um, I love that it's mobile. Yeah. I like to travel, so... Yeah. It, you know, even going home to Louisiana to see my family yeah. for a week, I can do that and have my job with me. Yeah, you can manage. That's you, the best. You can, manage, you can do your job anywhere mm -hmm. in France. Italy, yeah, here. exactly. Yeah. That's the best. Yeah. Um, on top of just being something that I back, I'm yeah. not showing up to a job that I don't believe in. Yeah. Favorite food? I've never been able to answer this question yeah. ever. Okay, lately. So because that's the, I mean. Food is everything. For food me. Is like everything. if I was if food I was life. wealthy <laughs> and I if I was, you know, financially free mm -hmm. and I just had time, it would be surfing, food. golf, <laughs> well it goes surfing, gym, golf, and then and then food. And food. But That's food like is like top food, surfing, food, golf, yeah, food, you know, it all goes hand in hand. Love food. By the way, speaking of golf, I've been on a mini golf kick. Yeah. So like I haven't quite graduated oh, to real golf oh, mini yet. But like mini golf has been my thing recently. Yeah. Like I've hit at least six yes. in the in the last like probably five months. That's right. <laughs> um, so favorite food? I really don't know. I always like to give say. Me, give me like. Okay. Top top three. Okay, so pasta, duh. Okay. Um, okay. Pasta. I've never been disappointed by you know. So like Italian pasta. Yes. Like creamy, saucy, red pasta. sauce, like white, white sauce, or like pink. a pink rose yeah, sauce, a okay. white or a pink normally. Um, never disappointed by pasta. Okay. Ever. Are you like gluten free or you whatever? Give me, give it to me raw and real. Yeah, yeah, I, want, yeah, yeah. I want it the real deal. Do you like like penne or fettuccine or spaghetti? All or angel of it. Hair? I love okay. all of it, but you know, okay, I okay. I used to always say I loved angel hair the best, but like that's not the case anymore. Yeah. I mean, I don't discriminate. Like, give yeah. any any yeah, other yeah, yeah, yeah. good with me. But yeah. lately, I've been loving gnocchi. Uh huh. Gnocchi's and great. So that. good. Just had it two nights ago. Yeah. Okay. And then I had it the next night too. Meat or no meat? No meat. No meat. No, no meat. dairy. Dairy. Cheese. So vegetarian. You know, I'm kind of shameful to even say this because I don't want to support the um, commercial fishing industry, but uh -huh. I do fish. Okay, so like pescatarian. Yes. So it's I, hard to put the label on because, yeah. like, I don't want to feel bounded, but... Yeah, yeah, I am going on day 8, 9, 10, 11, day 12 of meatless diet. Really? And no I've, meat? No meat. I've eaten, I've eaten meat my entire life, and I'm on day 12. Okay, how do you feel? I love it. Yes. I really love it. Yes. Like, I'm not just saying that. Um, That's so cool. My food tastes better. It mm -hmm. has more flavor. Right. Like, so... Hallie and I, we That's Halloween, awesome. Halloween. We went That's to some friends' house for Halloween. Okay. No, we didn't start there, but okay. but we got pizza. So I ate an entire vegetarian pizza before we went out trick or treating. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't like burping up sausage. And yeah, burping. meat burps. Ew. See, that's the worst. Well, thing not about like, meat. <laughs> or or like every bite, every like a sausage pizza. Every bite you take, it just tastes like sausage. Yeah. Like. It's and, overpowering. And I love it. I still, I right. still love sausage. Yeah, I still me too. I mean, but but I it was it was interesting how satiated and satisfied I still was without the yeah. sausage. Because I didn't think I was like hell no. There's no way like mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy vegetarian diet. Right. But oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, I'm into it. I saw I watched um, Game Changers. Have you seen it? No. It's a it's a it's oh, it's, a, it's it's a documentary on on veganism. Mm -hmm. But they go into like. All the professional athletes, bodybuilders, powerlifters, professional football players that are on on eating vegan now. Like Tom Brady's been eating vegan for like years and years and mm -hmm. years. And you know what's kept me from a meatless diet is this kind of 
a couple couple reasons. First, protein. Like, protein, right? Right. Like you need you need you need you know your your essential amino acids, and you need mm -hmm. to get all of them. And it only comes from certain types of protein, animal protein, mm -hmm. and it, you need that to increase lean body density, which is muscle size, right, mm -hmm. and strength. That's not the case um, mm -hmm. anymore. And then also just kind of like men eat meat. This yeah. Kind of, you know, this, this barbarian, like masculine This stupid role. mentality, yeah. right? Like that I, for, I was like, I would like laugh at people that like, yeah, right? Vegan, like, yeah, you know? like yeah. Don't, don't let the purse hit you. Yeah, totally. Out, you know? So I'm, I'm fully like, I'm, I'm down the, yes. I'm, I'm starting the rabbit hole. I don't know if I'll go vegan. Um, I like, I like to say that I will one day, but I just whole, love cheese that's, and wine. That's an entirely gnarly lifestyle change yeah. like everything you know i think like it's interesting how you pointed out the fact that maybe you realize you don't really need animal meat no. to get your essentials i never really thought okay i need x amount of grams of protein yeah. today and i need this much of this until i stopped eating meat and then i was like yeah oh i wonder what i need so more than anything like i'm happy to That's not crazy. be supporting a terrible industry that <laughs> i don't believe in yeah um but more than anything it has helped me to become conscious about what i'm eating yeah. you know yeah. i mean here i am eating pasta i love right. pasta yeah. but like You're i've now aware. become aware of you know how i'm getting my iron or my right. protein and yeah. i'm having to stand up to a lot. Of, I have a lot of meat eaters. I'm from Louisiana. Everyone kills it, their it, meat. It would it. be really hard. I was telling Holly too. Like, we live in Orange County. Like, it's so easy to there are, eat there's, veggies. There's vegan <laughs> yeah. restaurants in every corner. Like, imagine yeah. like living in like you know, Louisiana. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then it, even if you try to get a salad in those small towns, I mean, it's not mm -hmm. necessarily great. Produce, mm -hmm. you know, I will say I'm very proud of the progress that's being made. They've got curbside recycling over there now. Yeah. I mean, they're really on the up and up, but yeah. it takes time in a smaller town because it's not as popular for the, the demand isn't there yeah. as much. Yeah. Um, but it's a college town where I'm from too, yeah. and so I think with that, there's a huge population of people who are jumping on trends. Yeah. And then it kind of spills over into yep. the community as well. So yep. I think that slowly there are going to be more accessible uh, ways to be vegan yep. or veggie there. Yep. Um, but it's just the culture yeah, that the culture, is not yeah. on board. You know, culture is the hardest thing to change in every like, yeah, in, in, of course, for everything. Mm -hmm. Well, one more point about the game changers and like this research I've been doing about vegetarianism. It's interesting, like whatever health benefit a person is trying to achieve whether it's reduction of body fat whether it's increased muscle fiber size whether it's reduction in cholesterol or reduce your blood pressure like whatever the health benefit the one diet that's that achieves all of those motivations or objectives mm -hmm. is a vegetarian diet mm -hmm. right yeah. like across the board every doctor every study if if you want to reduce your cholesterol, reduce your blood pressure. Eat plants. And, you know, mm -hmm. if you want to reduce your body fat, like yeah, you can go, you can do ketogenic dieting, mm -hmm. right? That will you will reduce your body fat, you will reduce your scale weight, right? Mm -hmm. However, like the adverse effects are mm -hmm. increased cholesterol. If you've already have a cholesterol yeah. issue, you can't even touch a ketogenic diet, right? Yeah. So like vegetarianism literally like is the the answer mm -hmm. to all of the, all of these like these health benefits mm -hmm. that people are, are seeking and i just mm -hmm. it's taken me so long to i'm so happy to and, and well i'll probably be off the train in a week, but that's just kind of how <laughs> have I'm, you had I'm, so much fun week. though with like planning out your meals yeah. and you're like okay well it. how do i get protein on this yeah. plate now yeah and yeah. it's, I mean, lots of beans it's, in my life. Oh yeah, that's fun. Lots of beans. Yeah. Love yeah. beans. Yeah, and I, I mean, <laughs> I'm into it right now. I, I, I'm, I'm definitely a bandwagon with these things. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I hope it, I, I love how I feel. I, you know, I hope it sticks. We'll see. Awesome. Um, okay, favorite ice cream and the flavor. Okay, I'm going to be complicated on this one too. Um, I never have been an ice cream person until I moved to California and met Crema Street. Yep. That's the best ice cream I've ever had in my it's life. Cremious. What is why? Have you had the uh, Don't even tell me. cookie butter? <laughs> yes, that's the one. That's, that's, the, that's one. the one. It's so good. Cream Street, okay. Oh, I love Cream Street, but lately I've been into nice cream. 
I've been making an ice cream. Yeah. It's just kind of what I called it, but okay. just like a basically a smoothie with very little liquid, uh, and then it's like like a frozen banana so and thick. like blueberries. Super thick. And maybe sometimes I put dates in there. Yes. Yeah. It's literally ice cream, but it's yeah. nice cream because yeah. there's no berry. Because it's all fruit. Yes, it's all fruit. So That's try fine. it out, blend right. it up, little liquid, frozen banana, fruit, maybe a date, because then you get this whole caramel effect that's just wow. out of this world. All right. <laughs> um, favorite dessert food item? Warm chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. I think that's... No contest. I, I think you're right. Who doesn't? I mean, I know. Me and Holly go back and forth. Holly, yeah, like, what, what are we gonna bring to dinner parties, or what? What is like the the, the, the best? Dessert. The, the the best that like gets 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 the best applause, right? All the it's, cookies it's, are gone. It's always. I love cheesecake too. Yeah. Um, cookies are just so good. It's I good. love dessert. Yeah. I just I wish I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's oh, just please. not the truth. <laughs> Like, I love dessert. I can yeah. eat it for every meal. Yeah. Recently, Austin brought back a lot of candies from France. Yeah. I've been eating French candies every day. Whoa. Yeah, uh, you know, I got to get off of that. But love all the Just desserts too. More. Yeah, exactly. A little extra motivation. Okay, so was there another question? Um, maybe I can highlight on some yeah. additional inspiration, or yeah, you know. Some highlights. Yeah, some highlights. Um, I think that, I mean, for one, I would love, I wish I knew everything about your vision when I was an instructor. I mean, right. I was dedicated, but I sometimes wish that everyone on board with us could know the full direction because I think they would be really inspired and motivated. Yeah. Um, for me, I was dedicated anyway, and a lot of our instructors are dedicated regardless of knowing much. Yeah. Um, I try to convey as much as I can when I bring them on board, but yeah. some of them that have been on since before my time in operations yeah. um, are still around, but may maybe they don't necessarily know. And I think sometimes they yeah. may catch on, like when my email um, sign-off signature changed. Yeah. I had two instructors email me and say, congrats on the raise, you deserve it. Uh and I'm like, oh, thanks for noticing, thank yeah. you. And I wanted to give them a little like recap of of why that was a necessary upgrade because yeah. of our growth. And it's thanks to them being the pillars of the company. Yeah. Um, like, yes, we're trying to move and grow forward, but part of that is maintaining the foundation, yeah. which is why creating rapport with the instructors is so important. Because yeah. if we're just constantly having to backtrack and replace and replace, yeah. um, it's harder to move forward. Yeah. Um, so that's important, but I think when I began in operations, um, it, it was of course overwhelming at first, but once we got into the routine of meetings and getting on kind of our schedule of getting in touch with each other and sharing like what can we do to make things better and yeah. hearing, you know, every once a month. I'm hearing something new about Cooper Life that I didn't know. Like yeah. there's this limb or this branch or this thing. I'm like, what, where did all this come from? Yeah. And every time I leave a meeting, I am so inspired. Oh, like maybe the day before that, it's been a whole month and I'm like bogged down by like the fact that there's 12 open shifts and yeah. I've got 20 interviews to watch and yeah. all these flyers to make. So, yeah. but I leave the meeting and I'm like, let's do this yeah, because yeah. I'm happy to be working for someone who is, inspired and motivated yeah. to move forward yeah. like for everyone yeah. you know yeah. to work under someone who shows that yeah. who exudes um the potential because yeah. you have the drive yeah. is so amazing to well, be a part of and if everyone knew that they'd be like give me more classes let me take that class tonight you know <laughs> yeah i mean maybe we just start making videos me just mm -hmm. talking to the camera yeah and sharing yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there's, I think everything, all that's valid. Like people want to follow people that, mm -hmm. um, well, thank you. I'm not saying every, all, all the compliments <laughs> are super valid, right? Like that, I'm, I'm super flattered. And like I, I'm stoked that you, 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 you think so highly about the company and myself. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. I mean, it would suck to work for somebody who like is 
running this business and yeah. wants to get it lifted higher off the ground, but they have no motivation. Like, of course, it's yeah. a necessary quality. Right. So, of course, you have it. But oftentimes, I think I've worked under people that are stagnant because they're in this established place. And yeah. being a part of a startup is very different, yeah. you know? And it's, a, it's an inter interesting model, too. I mean, we've got over mm -hmm. 100 contractors spread from Dallas, Texas to L.A., so like if we gaff, I mean, we can get together once a week and everybody can know our vision and meet with management. We can establish mm -hmm. these relationships and have these conversations that would be much easier since everybody's mm -hmm. spread out. I mean, I think, yeah. I think maybe that's, that's like uh, next on our you know, management meetings. Mm -hmm. Like we, we figure out a way to hit everybody, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah, like, a like regional communicate to gathering. everybody um letting them know our vision letting them know how appreciated we are to have them mm -hmm. um t touching our instructors not just and our contractors mm -hmm. not just um when, they, when we need them yeah mm -hmm. yeah and i think some of the people who see the bigger picture yeah. um it's because of like them being that way as a person yeah. you know like Hey, I saw more jobs being posted for Cooper Life. Looks like we're expanding. I'm happy to be a part of this. Yeah. And it's like, those are the people who yeah. just kind of have that initially that are more so the dedicated ones yeah. um, who really care for the company they're working for, where some, and it's okay to be this way, but where some are just kind of here for the class. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, we need, like, we we need, need, them. We need them all. Need yeah. Them. Um, but I do think there is something to say about all these people are passionate about what they do yeah. or they wouldn't be doing it. Right. You are passionate about your movement yeah. enough to the degree that you want to share it with other people. Yeah. It's kind of like a really good food. Like, oh, you've never yeah. had this before. It's like I cookie butter from Street. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, especially yeah. with your family and your friends because they're the people you love yeah. the most. It's like, you have to have this cookie butter. It will right. change your life. Yeah, and that's how I think all of our instructors feel about their formats. Totally. They want to share it because they love it and it helped them so much or it tasted so good, yeah. you know? Yeah. And um, so the drive is there, but I think sometimes that extra push is knowing that they're working for a company that is not the man, yeah. you know? Yeah. They're supporting an industry that oh, is... You sound like a Gen Xer. I... <laughs> she's a millennial. <laughs> But but the, I guess millennials are they're not are they all about institutions and like or they're kind of I more mean yeah I don't I mean normally I don't even drink Starbucks yeah. because I don't want to support the man okay <laughs> yeah. um, but you know I think a genetic yeah I kind of yeah. sound like genetic yeah. but you know like yeah. not supporting Walmart or whatever yeah. you know and sometimes there's not an option like yeah. and you have to but I think knowing that and maybe it's my job to help people see that like yeah. the, these instructors who may be 50 year old instructor yeah. who has like this millennial calling them and like thanking them or having this conversation yeah. or whatever and it's like by the way like you're not supporting the man with yeah. this uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe it is my job to convey yeah. that message to yeah. some of them who don't think that way initially yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well maybe they are because i brought the starbucks Right? <laughs> I mean, it's convenient, yeah, it's right? How convenient true. is it? Why so gotta... convenient. It really but, is. Yeah, I know. I, I hear what you're saying. I dig it. That's um, why I went, you're a Portola man, you yeah. know. But I am Portola. We part of a, yeah. yeah, Portola, Portola, yeah. Love you know. it. Okay. Um, podcast number two, Cooper Life. Um, thanks for tuning in. Do you have anything else to say? Thank you. No? That's all for me. Okay. <laughs> we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you. All right.